Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Peter Doherty. I'm a Catholic priest and a psychologist who integrates both psychology and scripture studies to understand the Gospels and to seek out pastoral teachings for Christians in these modern times. The Gospel for today's podcast is Mark chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. This Gospel will be read in churches on February the 18th, 2024. Today's Gospel from Mark just simply says Jesus experienced temptations. We have to look at the Gospels of Matthew and Luke to learn just what those temptations were. I considered focusing this podcast on those specific temptations, but upon further reflections, I realized that it might be a good idea to take a look at temptations in general first before I get specific. The first thing I want to draw your attention to is that it's not a sin to experience temptations. Even Jesus experienced temptations. How then are we to deal with temptations in our lives? Unfortunately, Mark doesn't give us much of a clue, so we need to look at other sources to understand how to deal with temptations. What exactly are temptations? I'd like to quote from Wikipedia, which I think captures where I'm going with this. Temptations are a desire to engage in short-term urges for the enjoyment that threatens long-term goals. In the context of some religions, temptations is the inclination to sin. Temptations are the intentional enticement of a person by some bait, usually pride, and it's always self-gratifying. I like this definition from Wikipedia because it refers to long-term goals. This is an important point. God did not set up arbitrary rules for humans to follow. The purpose of these rules is to help us to develop to be mature and healthy individuals. This reminds me of a a story when I was uh, helping out at a penitential service, and I was in the back of the church in the sacristy and and with several other priests, and this individual uh, came up and asked me um, if it was okay for him to mow his lawn on Sunday. Apparently, he was concerned that he was breaking the commandment and uh, wanted me to, to rule in, I guess, or um, with, with his, uh, my point. And I tried to get him to take an adult model and looking at it, and I sincerely believed God was not too worried about the lawnmower, but to look at what the purpose of having uh, a no-work day would have on his own psychological health. Well... I didn't score many points because the young man turned to the next priest and asked him the exact same question, even though I was still in the room. And it really pointed out to me that this young man didn't fully understand where that that commandment was coming from. When we get stuck in temptations, we miss an opportunity to grow and achieve our long-term goals. From experience, I've come to realize that the journey or process also has value in our lives. Our first introduction into temptations comes in Genesis, chapter, uh, Genesis, sorry, the Garden of Eden story. The devil, in the form of the serpent, manages to tempt Adam and Eve. This story is a teaching moment and gives us insight into what are temptations. The temptation was a twisting of the truth, or depending on how you look at it, it was certainly a partial truth. I suspect that when we examine where and when we get tempted, we may see partial truths or a twisted line of reasoning justifying our actions. Hopefully, eventually, we recognize our error and then try to find ways to understand it and make improvements. But sometimes, sadly, 
we end up trying to justify our poor choices. What leads us to temptations? I have a few suggestions, although I doubt if my list exhausts all the possible causes. I propose that temptations come from what is lacking in our life. Unfulfilled needs can leave someone vulnerable to temptation. Instead of doing the work, the individual is trying to take shortcuts. Temptations come from a desire to get what we need without doing the work. Some temptations are stronger than others. We experience temptations when we are willing to take shortcuts to have our needs met. We are satisfied then with the end product rather than go through the process. We pay a price when we take shortcuts in our lives. We may get there, but will it be as attractive as we thought? Knowing where we are tempted, our weak points, if you will, can give us understanding of what's missing in our lives. One way to resist our temptations is pure grit. I hear this all the time. Sheer determination is one way. The problem, in, the problem is, however, that our resolve fluctuates. Some days we will be stronger than others. When we are tired, stressed, or frustrated, we are at risk for giving in to our temptations. Research has shown that even a strong resolve to do the right thing can be diminished if we are stressed long enough. Being unable to resist temptations is a lack of personal freedom. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus makes it clear that those who sin are a slave to sin. Very curious way of putting it. There are several ways we could understand Jesus' words, but it is clear that when we are tempted, our freedom is at risk. It takes a developed maturity to resist temptations. Lacking self-control will make resisting temptations difficult. Looking carefully at what tempts us may reflect an immaturity in parts of our development. To reduce the impact of temptations in our lives, we need to be honest with ourselves and commit to knowing ourselves, our weaknesses, and our unfilled, unfilled needs. I urge you to know your triggers and not to underestimate their impact on your resolve. Seek to avoid them if possible. What are triggers? Triggers are events that remind us of what we are trying to avoid and sometimes can get in the way of our temptations. Being self-aware is critical to resist temptations. Once we are aware of our needs, we can find healthy ways to meet those desires. Dealing with temptations means taking personal responsibility for our choices and actions. So long as we blame others or try to justify our behavior, we will not grow and develop. We need to be open to the feedback from others. I know it's not pleasant to get critical feedback, but feedback can help us grow. I realize not all feedback is helpful, but if we see a pattern or a common theme in people's feedback, we would do well to pay attention to what is being said. I used to work as a drug counselor and dealing with relapse is a common experience. Rather than see relapse as a failure, I would try to get my clients to see and understand that relapse came at the end of a long list of behaviors. There were signs that the person was going to relapse long before that first drink or whatever they're addicted to. What I am trying to say is that our temptations are like that. They seldom appear out of nowhere. We have been gradually setting ourselves up to succumb to our actions. We need to know the pattern so we can intervene. I've also noted what I call sin habits that keep us stuck. Habits are useful, but, they are, but when they are no longer useful, they can be difficult to break. Our brains are hardwired to have, to have 
habits. So we will experience resistance when we try to change. We need to focus on what may lead us to give into our expectations. Beliefs that we have, there's nothing we can do, or we minimize the, the impact of giving into our temptations can make it difficult to bring change in our lives. Not having a strong resolve or giving in without a struggle, again, can make giving into our temptations so much easier. Bad habits are often difficult to break. Think of New Year's resolutions. Most of us have given up within the first week of trying. This is unfortunate because you have the person recognizing the problem and desiring to do something about it, but unfortunately, their resolve doesn't last. Change is not easy, even when we know we would benefit from those changes. When we don't believe in ourselves and have integrity, we are most susceptible to temptations. When we don't believe that we have the ability to resist those temptations, and we find ourselves trying to justify what we did, we're not going to make the necessary changes and growth in our lives. Finally, I urge you not to give up, but to remain steadfast. I'd like to leave you with a short reflection. In Catholic churches, there are 14 pictures, or stations as they are called, depicting the last hours of Jesus' trial and crucifixion. They're, they're on, the, on the wall in the church. Each station has an event. Three of the stations are Jesus falling, the first time, second time, and third time. Not only are the stations redundant, but I believe they're misnamed. The stations should be about the three times Jesus got up. Holiness is not just about resisting evil. Holiness involves having the humility to recognize personal sin and the courage to keep getting up, brushing ourselves off, and moving forward. Thank you for listening. If this is the first time that you've heard my podcast and you're interested in hearing more, I urge you to listen to my podcast listed on the website. And the link to this website is https colon backslash backslash a underscore psychologist underscore looks underscore at underscore scripture dot buzzsprout dot com. Every Sunday I release a new podcast focusing on the gospel for the following week. I invite you to listen to all the podcasts and I hope the reflections are useful to you. If you have any questions or concerns, I can be reached by email at peter.doherty, O-M-I, that is D-O-H-E-R-T-Y, O-M-I, at gmail.